0: Previously on Anything Goes. It was straight people, heterosexual. They are the ones that are, you know, at a 49%, I like think, last I checked yeah.
1: 49% uh, success like
2: rate. So just under half. Uh, depending on where you live, are making a success of marriage. So that's really the biggest threat is that the straight people can't make it work. So, But is
1: there any numbers on gay unions and the percentage? Well, it's hard to say because they haven't been around as long, right. right?
2: But right now, they're they're trouncing it. Like, But again, we've only had 10 years of it in right, Canada, right, so right. time will tell. But I, I'm, if I had go, to go Vegas odds, I'm going to say that uh, the lesbian and gay community is going to uh, make make us look bad. Right. <laughs> it's going to yeah, make right. us heteros. Right. They're right. going to school us. I have a, I have a good feeling. Because when you've fought for something for so long, right. you know, and, yeah. uh, and it's something that, that it's, it's, you haven't had your whole life. I feel like they're going to take it more seriously. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe it's, once it, they get married, a lot of lesbians are going to be like, I didn't realize what a cunt you were. See I'm going to have the <laughs> fuck out of here. I had to take marriage to ruin our relationship.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's what it's going to be. This <laughs> piece of paper. <laughs> and now, let's get to a new Shout-out. exciting show. <laughs> hey, sunny baby. How are you doing?
2: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for
3: some
0: laughs, are you? Now, with two scoops of fuck you, this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost.
1: How the fuck am I funny?
0: And Dave Martin. What have we got here, fucking comedian? Dig it.
2: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the show. It is Anything Goes with a week of September 18th, 2013. My name's Dave Martin. We're coming from the XM Studios in downtown Toronto, the little bunker that we do our little show out of uh, once a week. Uh, Beside me, as always, is the very funny Mr. Darren Frost. Hello, Darren. I
1: am here, yes. I am doing well, David. How are you?
2: (laughs) I'm fine. I felt w- weird at saying the very funny like I was introducing you to yeah. somewhere but Everyone. obviously yeah. it'd be Yeah. I, um what what is uh, quickly before we begin the show sure. what what are the one of the things that you don't like someone saying right before you get on go on stage because I was out, I was out east. I did an open mic sure. and she kind of said the three things that I don't like someone saying before I get on stage especially when you're outside of Toronto. Right. What what are the ones that you don't like?
1: Uh, I don't really care. Um, I was, it just depends on what the framework of the show is. If I'm headlining and it's been a kind of weird show, sometimes I don't like them to know I'm the dirty, crazy comic. Then I can determine how far I go. Because if you say it off the top, then there's an expectation. Right. That's the only one, really. I think credit. I've always said credits are for cunts. So I don't really care about credits. Just get my name right, and that's it.
2: But just, but I mean, if you're doing like an open mic or something like, not at a club, but right. it, but it's outside of your hometown, sure, and do just. I like- know you
1: have your issues, and I don't have those issues, so just. <laughs> You it. don't
2: have. Uh, I, I. don't like being referred to as from Toronto because yeah. I mean I find the rest of the country does have a bit of a bias towards our city, and I get mm-hmm. it. I don't know why. I do know why they might. But if That's going to affect
1: not, your set. Your set probably wasn't very good to begin with. Go well, ahead.
2: I don't believe that's true, but people have an expectation <laughs> before you get on stage of like, oh, this is a big city asshole. So you
1: bombed because they thought you're from Toronto? Yeah, is that's, what I, you're that's
2: what I like to blame. Okay. I don't blame my jokes. Yeah. I mean, no. Just no. The, no. The it's the just... same. The city your parents chose
1: to fuck in and give birth in, and yeah. where you live. I have trying. no control
2: over it, But yeah. then, uh, oh, and also, uh, yeah, I don't like being referred to as uh, from Toronto, from Yuck Yucks, or, uh, and he's very handsome, as, as correct as they might be. but Well, I've gotten
1: that third one many times many at times? open mics. Many times.
2: But Because I've heard female comics that don't like it when the, com- com- the host is referring to them as beautiful. Right. But beautiful before funny. Right. Um, and I can, it was just sort of one of those things, like, where do you... Because nobody really wants to hear comedy from a, a good-looking guy or, or a, a beautiful woman, really. I think that
1: was a problem more in the 80s. There was always talk about that. You can't be too good-looking to be a comic. Now it's just, if your material's funny enough, who cares?
2: I guess so, yeah. But I, I just, it's when people have those preconceived notions. It's but, like,
1: you know, the idea of Lisa Lampanelli now has lost all the weight. Will she still be as funny because she's not this kind of, you know, bigger girl making fun of herself? You know, that, those are just crutches.
2: Now I don't, you know, you can... Uh, take shots at me for whatever fetish I might have when it comes to women, but it's—I—I right. I do not find her attractive as a thin person. Right. I don't. Well, I didn't really find her remarkably attractive as a bigger person, but I definitely do not enjoy her. I find her even less funny. And even I find her more mean and cruel, and not even like sort of right. cute mean before. But I don't I don't really enjoy her all that much now that she's lost all that weight. Well, but,
1: you know, <laughs> different strokes for different folks. I, I guess, guess. Th-
2: that's those are more into my issues. But anyways, well, uh, where were you? Uh, did you uh, you went to Cornwall? Went to didn't
1: Cornwall you? this weekend to do a fundraiser at a legion. It was sold out. It was nice. It was uh, skewed older, probably average age of fifty. You know, yeah. up to uh, like seventy five, eighty. And uh, it was really fun. I did it with Mark Walker and Ted Morris, who's going to be coming on the show in a couple weeks. Ted Morris is going to be here, and uh, it was fun. You know, it was a good show, and and that was about it. And the rest of the weekend just kind of helped uh, some relatives do some things. And <laughs> pretty big... pretty boring weekend.
2: Who was the uh, now who was the the benefit for?
1: It was for people with disabilities.
2: What kind of disabilities?
1: Just general disabilities. So Just there's a, a lot of people in wheelchairs and who need assistance for a living, that kind of thing, raising at, funds at, at for any that. point,
2: where you like, I shouldn't do my disabilities wheelchair jokes?
1: Uh, first of all, I tried to remember them because I haven't done them in a long time because I generally like to do them on those shows because I feel that they're not bad jokes. Right. And they generally go over well for that crowd. Uh, but I couldn't remember them.
2: No. now— Are you less tempted to do one of your wheelchair jokes if uh, there's one person as opposed to like if there were a bunch of wheelchairs there, would you feel more comfortable doing them?
1: No, I don't, I don't, uh, the only time I, uh, in that scenario is because it was for the charity so I could bring it up and then I could use that as the kind of bridge to get into it. Right. I generally don't look over the audience, oh, two wheelchairs, got to do the wheelchair joke. It's really dependent on that night if I was planning on doing it or, or not. I'll just kind of, you know, slip it in. But uh, in this case, I couldn't remember it. It's been too long. It's like, you know, two, three years ago since I did it.
2: There was a comic in Toronto that I did, I a, a hosted for him on Wednesday, uh, I'm not going to say who it was, but right. uh, but he's from out west, and I guess the uh, the drinking and driving spots, like when the road stops, uh, they call them check spots. In, okay, in Alberta, okay, sure, and they don't call them that in Ontario. They right, call them, it's the Ride Program. Right, reduce impaired driving everywhere. But he kept on. He kept on. <laughs> it re- sounds
1: like you've read the literature quite a bit, David. I've, by I've, knowing I've the. Uh... I've been yelled
2: at many a t- uh, <laughs> or or I've driven through them with a, a big of, oh my god. Right. Uh, but uh, but he kept on calling them check spots, and then there was a part of me that was like, should I correct him, or should I just let him just eventually learn it on his own? Learn on his of, own. It's one of those weird local references where you feel like you should say to someone. Yeah. Whether you cared about the person or not. Right. But anyways, I, I didn't bother because no. I didn't, didn't give two shits about them.
1: I have a couple of things I just want to go over quickly. My new DVD, Emotional Terrorism, is now out. It's the fourth one. You can get it from my website, comedyhorror.com. Also, I have some dates coming up, uh, not to go too long-winded, but September 25th at the Drake, part of JFL 42. All the funds are going to the Joanna Downey Fund. Joanna Downey is a great comic in Toronto who has a Lou Gehrig's disease and requires some assistance. So all the finances from that show is going to her, as well as my DVD sales for the night, and it's my long my DVD launch night. So, also on September 25th at the Rose Theater in Brampton, September 27th, 28th, Kitchener Yuck Yucks, October 4th in North Bay. At the Voyager Inn and October 5th in Sudbury at Little Montreal. And finally, October 10th in Winnipeg at the Gas Station Theater, my tour with Kenny Robinson. It's a week-long rank-and-vile, dirty tour, two headliners, one show. Returning to the scene of the crime of our fun show we did in Winnipeg at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival oh, yeah. at the Gas Station yeah, yeah, theater. Yeah, yeah. But when it, theater. Whenever
2: you set up a, a show and you refer to it as fun, that is usually your code word for it was a disaster. Or our no, fun evening? No, 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 no! I know that in this situation. Oh, I see. Maybe I do but in you, the past. But, but but like when you talk about London and getting shit thrown at you, usually you refer to it. Oh, this lovely place oh, right. that yeah, I went yeah, to. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that'll be cool. I think that's is, that's no. What you're on Sudbury. Uh, the night that I'm supposed to be at the Comedy wards. right? If I can find accommodations anywhere, if anyone would like a anyone uh, from the
1: Ottawa area have an extra room <laughs> that they want Dave Martin to crawl into or, and hammered and or, yell or,
2: or or just a like a, a an ample amount of floor space that I could occupy mm-hmm. for an evening, uh, please uh, message me. On Welcome Twitter. to
1: Canadian show business, where the people nominated have to find their own accommodation.
2: Right, right, right. Well, yeah, no, just message me on Twitter and uh, tell me you got some <laughs> uh, space to at uh, Dave Martin World. Yeah, uh, upload very, your picture. I'm very polite. I've told that I sometimes fart and snore in my sleep, but... Oh, right. uh, well, who doesn't? Well... <laughs> A couple people I've met. Uh, now, uh,
1: um, before I forget, you we, went and saw... Oh, go ahead, sorry.
2: Oh, I, we should say who's on the show today. You oh, haven't we done will. that we're, yet. We're, okay.
1: we're, yeah, our, our guest this week is uh, Kristen Becker, who is uh, based out of Buffalo. She has uh, a Kickstarter program she's here to talk about. Also uh, tour the Dikes of Hazard, so she'll be in after the first break. Um, you went and saw a Bon Jovi cover band, so I, don't, I wanted to talk about this.
2: Yeah, well... Why did
1: you go see a Bon Jovi cover band?
2: I just, it was something uh, that sounded like it would be fun. Yeah. You were uh, living on a
1: prayer and you said, fuck it, I'm going to go see this band.
2: Well, actually, we went to the, uh, there was a, a birthday party at that same venue in the afternoon where uh, Sweet Daddy Seeky, former pro wrestler, oh, of course, hosts yeah. karaoke. Uh, a karaoke karaoke night.
1: So it just spilled over into that.
2: Well, there was a, it was a bit of gap in time between the two things and uh, yeah. I, so Bon Jovi
1: cover band. Yeah. How I, were they? well it just seemed like it was like Were the they one, bad medicine or they, no
2: there was like the one guy was just it was just like a John uh a John Bon Jovi cover band. Right. Because I don't think any of the other people were participating right. in the uh the, the John the Bon the Bon yeah. Jovi experience. It yeah. was just him.
1: The Bon Jovi ness, yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, I had a case
1: of Bon Joviness in high school, I think. Did
2: you take yeah. a shot in the arm and yeah. it's gone right Yeah. Up? yeah. Just no, a, I just
1: got a shot and over top of my a Superman tattoo. Yeah. You know, That's where that is. It's I don't hiding. think I,
2: I didn't check out whether he went full uh, Jovi with it and you he got have. the tattoo.
1: You would me your tattoo? You should have yelled at him.
2: Uh, I was on Mushrooms, and it was Play a weird of place roses. to be. Play Better Roses.
1: It's my lady's favorite song. That's what I, said.
2: I don't want to scream anything at that no, guy, no. Bon Jovi guy, but uh, it was an experience. Now,
1: you said you, uh, from far away, he looked like Bon Jovi, right? Well, he
2: looked enough like Bon Jovi right. from far away, but then but he got close. up close. His face looked like a corkboard. You know, it was right. like not—he wasn't a—yeah. it was. It would be hard to— if you were an, if you were a musician a musician and you said yeah I'm gonna be in a would you want to be uh trying to portray a, a musician that was before your time or after your time, in just the sense that this guy looked like he was older than oh, John I Bon see. Jovi right right and I think that I, I don't know if he was is uncomfortable with the fact that he's yeah I think you should be
1: younger and when you're a cover band I think yeah generally yeah
2: yeah because I remember I was do I, you really
1: it, want to see an older Kiss cover band. Well, like,
2: would they be makeup or uh... an
1: older Rolling Stones? Like, you know, oh, five well, the dudes, eighty no. years old.
2: Yeah, they, you'd have to be in your eighties if yeah. you were sort of, but uh, an older, like a young uh, Rolling Stones cover band, that would be okay. That's
1: what I mean. That's yeah. but that's what that's, I'm saying. I'd rather see. Lie. I'd rather have them younger, full of energy, and wanting to perform those Bon Jovi hits. <laughs> For the fans, like you.
2: Uh, I don't know if I was a fan. I, I think I just needed somewhere to go that night, and right. that was a place. There, I think there was a couple of prostitutes there that were working the, the place that I sure. was at that yeah. night. There was like a weird old man. It's manga. a pretty
1: seedy bar. I mean, that the, makes sense.
2: The, yeah, the Duke. The Duke, yeah. And... Uh, I th- someone told me that. Uh, not, I
1: don't mean CD in a horrible way, but just not. It's not like a you know a high end. Oh, well, there's Kristen. there's
2: CD with character, and yeah. then there's CD like uh, I want to be in a hazmat suit, right? You know, walking, having a sitting at the bar, which I know
1: you have in your car.
2: I have well, at all times. It's not in my car at all times. I was in a Bud Light commercial about ten years ago, and I still had the hazmat suit. Do you really? Yeah.
1: Oh, you should go for Halloween with that.
2: Well, it has Bud Light on the back, and it's full. Anyway, I don't. Actually, it's more of a beekeeper's outfit because that's the <laughs> that's the ad that we were in. We all pulled up in a thing, and it was a uh, we were in. Wow. beekeepers. Well, we were letting lo- a bunch of locusts Emotional outside of boy. a bag. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. You know, you do one. You remember now? What's going on with your stalker? Uh, she kind of disappeared. She right. came. She came back, and then um, it we just we had a little back and forth thing, and uh, right. and she's uh, disappeared. So no more Katie Johnson. Oh, I think well. she's still on. She's still on Facebook, but I have uh, I have blocked the young lady because uh, I didn't feel like I was getting anything anything more out of our fake relationship. Right. But uh, yeah, she's gone. Okay. Good. Good. Well, let's, to her. let's
1: take a break. Uh, there's a few things I want to talk about uh, in the news, and we'll uh, talk with our guest with that. Uh, So we'll take a break, and when we come back from the break, Kristen Becker is going to be here. So this is Anything Goes for the week of September 18th. Stay tuned.
0: Guess which host bought a Shania Twain album just so they could do blow off her tits? This is Anything Goes.
2: This is William Forsyth, and you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost.
0: For the same reason you slow down at bloody car accidents, you'll keep listening. This is Anything Goes. Hey, we are back. This is Anything Goes for the week of, uh, was it
2: September 18th? September 18th. What is it now? Uh, is. In studio, as always, is Mr. Darren Frost right uh, from, coming to you from Toronto. And, uh, and who do we have in studio, Darren?
1: This week, our guest in the hot sheet.
2: Hot sheet? <laughs> hot between the hot sheets. Hot seat
1: is uh, Kristen Becker from Buffalo, New York. Yes. All the so way we were talking before you came on the show, and our main question is, how often does your name get mixed up with Kirsten? Kirsten. Kirsten and other forms of Kristen. All the time. And does it drive you nuts? It drives me crazy. I I'm okay with Kirsten. Right.
4: Christian. I don't know where they get Ooh, it that's from. that's weird. No, yeah, I get yeah. Christian a lot. But do they okay. say
2: Christian with a K? And, uh, well, I don't
4: know because they're saying it. Yeah. Okay. So, but <laughs> then they like, say,
2: "Oh, sorry, I fucked up. But that was with a K when I said it. Yeah. 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 Exactly.
4: Yeah. It was Christian with a K. Um, no, and I don't know. Nothing about me should evoke that. Right. Like, nothing about it's my weird. presence. Yeah. 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 It's
1: angelic.
2: Weird. Yeah. I, now, um, Darren and I were talking about this uh, comic from Winnipeg. I wish I remembered what her name was, but. Uh, I wish I could
1: figure it out. She. Because I really liked her.
2: Now, uh, she, like yourself, um, I, this is. We I all know, know what, each other. Yeah. Well, <laughs> is, is, that, is that like a Canadian's like, hey, I know a lesbian in Winnipeg. What, do you know her? What, what, no, what is... Okay, now, is there a category for a, a, when a straight guy. There was something. There's this there's a comic in Winnipeg. There's something about her that I really wanted to make out with her.
1: Yeah, it's so a, unattainable. What it's, a it, it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. It's not it? just a challenge. But here's the thing: it's like it's not like lesbians can't be attractive to you because they're les- they're just
2: attractive people. No, but she's so. And I hate being like, okay,
1: like Dan Smith. I told you my story. With Dan Smith. The First time I saw her, I thought she was very attractive. I know She Dan. just said yeah had a different style, like a cool kind of style. Right. Then I found out she was a lesbian. I'm like, okay, it's no like big an deal. Vera it's, kind of not, style? it's not like I'm sitting there going like, oh man, I just I fell for a lesbian. It's no big deal.
2: No, no, no. But it just is. But I'm and I hate saying this, but when I. I, I could when I saw the comic in Winnipeg, right? Uh, and we still don't know her name yet. But I'm that's, gonna figure it out. Okay. Uh, when I saw her, I, I, t- I, could, I could tell that she was a lesbian. I, sort of, I don't know what that says about me, but, but I also could tell, I, she's a lesbian. But I still want to make out with her. What does that mean?
4: Uh, it, to me, I'm just mad that you don't have her name because all you do is keep talking about this I hot know. chick that do does see... fuck
1: people like me, I and you're like, I don't know her name. We're gonna find out for you. Okay, we're gonna Please. find out. Yes, yes. Go ahead. We're and gonna... she's funny too. Uh, I didn't do see her do stand-up, oh, wait a but, minute. but I have heard she is funny from okay. very reliable sources. She okay. was
2: on a festival, so, I mean, that must mean something. Sure. that <laughs> She got booked for a festival. That's <laughs> exactly. what the big fucking means. <laughs> um, but I just, because, uh, you know, that they say, you know, uh, well, there's, like, categories for everyone when it comes to, like, uh, you know, sexual preference and things that you like and stuff like that, but I'm just because well, if, if there's a category for or someone like me that would like, like, I could tell that she was... A lesbian, but I still want to make out with her. What? I don't know what that makes me.
4: Desperate. I, I think. <laughs> I think really, it's I'm just not like. Correct. Yes, yeah, you are correct. I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they just. Is you know, there a lesbians? term for
1: straight dudes who want to make out with lesbians? Um,
4: I always call them dyke tykes. Oh, oh but I never, I've never heard, heard that's that been, before. Been, that's okay. something that. That uh, that I started a long time ago because because I'm a comic and so it was always sure. just straight dudes
2: right. on the road all the time yep, yep. right
4: so that was uh, that was my fag hag we went dyke tyke okay you, I, I like that
2: do you ever have to remember like if if you're on the road with a comic and he had like two much to drink at night and uh, and do you ever have to remind remind him that you're uh, a lesbian and then do you don't bother ever
4: have to when you're out on the road <laughs> with a <All the> comic <laughs> and you've had a little too much to drink all the time all the time like, yeah. no do all you ever time. want to make out with your co comic ever and like sexuality aside they're farting and drunk with you and in, in the room and you... well it
2: depends see sometimes sometimes, sometimes i worry about no that. i've never had that problem never no no. no no see i always have to tell like i if i'm ever hanging out with drag queens i just said listen just keep referring to yourself as doug and i don't know it right. will be okay <laughs>
4: well you're exceptionally handsome so. oh thank you very much
2: Aww. you're correct <laughs> wow that's, um, what I heard. that's what
1: i heard so let's, let's talk about, so we don't, a lot of times we bring in people and then we, uh, we talk for 20 minutes before we actually talk about the reason you're here. And this is an important reason that you're here, because you started a Kickstarter program. And for those who don't even know what Kickstarter is, it really is just a way for fans and people to help fund a project that you're trying to get off the ground, basically, right? Absolutely. And okay. it's an
4: odd thing. It's, it's the, I've been against it for a little while. And right. And then this project came and I was like. Like you were
1: against Kickstarter programs?
4: Not against it, but just the idea, like, we're all a little self-deprecating. The idea Sure. Like here's this idea I have. It's so great. Why don't you just pay for it? Right. Like it's a weird concept. But then at the same time, it doesn't seem to happen any other way these days. It seems like that's the way it's going. Where right. If you, there's no funding for art, so you have to find people who believe in art to then fund that art.
1: And and also it's a good way to figure out whether it's you know has a market, right? Right. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. So explain what exactly your Kickstarter program is for.
4: Well, it's called Dichotomy. And uh, after a recent broken engagement, I took a long look at my relationship history and all of the women that I've dated, whether they were gay before I met them or whether it was just me, right? they all ended up with men. Like, these were women who were lesbians for 10 years before I dated them. Oh, okay. So it's not just like... But so you were the last person. Yes. And then they went to men. Most, in one case, I wasn't the last. But you were close to the Right, end. exactly. I was the second to last. Right. Um, but they've all ended up with dudes and I thought it would be a great... Because I have personal relationships with them, I right. thought, what a great way to explore sexuality sure. in a comfortable environment where you're going to get maybe some real information right? as opposed to a stranger walking up to somebody about Absolutely. who they bang, right?
1: But are you not—I guess it's part of the charm of the movie. You're going to find out some stuff about yourself you're not going to like. I already have.
4: And, uh, and right. yeah, it's going to be—and, you know, I I spoke to the filmmaker about it, and I'm, I have a little say, but I don't want to have too much say because I don't want— my own insecurities to get in the way of it okay so that's a little
1: who's the filmmaker
4: uh it's uh, a little young dyke i
1: found in buffalo who <laughs> <It's... laughs> is, there, is, there a, is there affordable aquarium you just pulled up uh, that's there? right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah Going fishing okay but what i'm saying so she I, I guess the idea about documentaries is when you're too close to it then you know just have... met her yeah okay so you just met her that's mm. that's a good thing yeah. right for for a documentary and it's she's kind of calling the shots then yeah, we're in terms yes. of content cuz you could easily portray it one way when you're also part of the subject. Here's the
4: thing, she's editing.
1: Okay, then there so you go. So there you go.
4: That well, does, so the, like that's yeah, that's the question,
1: right.
2: That does sound like a very controversial children's book though. A little dyke I found in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> and I could do Oh man, the jokes are just like I think I I think I can. I think I can. Almost <laughs>
4: The uh, little dyke that could. Yeah,
2: the little dyke that could. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one. I love it. Yeah. Um what uh, okay, uh, did, did Darren, do you have a more appropriate question cuz I was going to ask a really stupid one.
1: Well, just, I mean, you've got, th- have all 13 signed up? Like, it's, it's uh, one thing to no. say you're going to do this Kickstarter program, but then you don't have, like, people and, wanting to do it. And let me tell you that um,
4: I've, got, I've got enough for sure. Okay. A few have bailed last minute, and that was something I didn't expect either. Because some have, some live in places where... Due to their job or whatever, like they don't want to be seen right. in this capacity because right. they they live a completely different life now. That's you know that's not what they do. They're crime okay. fighters. Yeah, exactly. And but it, what's interesting is I process that is there is some shame, and so that's something I didn't expect to already be running into emotionally. Is right. that wait you're actually ashamed of those two years we spent so much so that you don't want it to resurface in your now that's a I didn't expect that But what, what
1: about the idea of what – do you know that all 13, the men that they're with, know about their past? It's not – sometimes even most shame in terms of they may just not know.
4: No. Well, here's the thing. It, it was like – I was like, we'll black out your face. We'll change the name. Right. We'll do everything. Right. I was like, no, don't even mention it. And I think that uh, most of – as far as I know, as of right now, all of their husbands know. Some of them, I introduced them to their husbands. Okay. And I was friends with them. Right. You know? So it's not a – I mean, there's nothing – it's all about good stuff. It's not
1: like I'm trying to jab somebody. You no, know no, what I'm, I mean? I'm trying and, to find out why they wouldn't want to do it, right? right. Like I've, you know, I was gay for a period of, of my life and now I'm not. And I don't want to go back there and have my family know about it. Maybe there's people in the family who don't even know. Well, and that's kind of
4: the other part of it that I'm learning is developing with this project is that it's not going to be about me and my exes at all. It's going to be about me going from Provincetown, Massachusetts, where gay marriage has been legal for 10 years, and going to New Orleans, where it's not going to be anytime soon. Right. And then you can almost almost see the oppression, right? And, sure. and that's what I really think is, of course, it doesn't occur to us. We live in fairly civilized places. Yes, of course. But yeah, when yeah, you yeah, realize yeah. that your job God is very,
1: you know, gay-friendly, and it's acclimatized, yeah. uh, go- I don't know what the word is, but you know what I mean. It's right, not like exactly. the same. Yeah. We're, we're and God cotton.
4: forbid this is successful and sends up on Netflix and right. someone's principal sees it somewhere, Yes. and then that's the end of
1: their job? Yeah, well, yeah, that's the world we live in. Right,
4: exactly. And and I think that there's, I think people forget that. I think yeah. we, we live in our little bubble and we right. forget that there are places you we want be righteous as, as,
1: as much as we want, but when it affects your daily income and ability to work and you pick a right. job or occupation where it's not seen as something that they want, then it is a problem.
4: Yeah, and I've never—I I grew up in the South. I didn't have a problem on a personal level in the South, honestly. Now, what part
1: of the South did you grow up in? Uh,
4: Shreveport, Louisiana.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So, the yeah, South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> and not even sou- Southern Louisiana where it's Catholic Did you start stand-up in the South? I started stand-up in Toronto. And then uh, I I was here for a year, and then I went on the road in the south, and I started in the south after I was here in Toronto for a year. So I've definitely gone back and forth. Okay. So I have a good handle, I think, on on kind of both things. Sure. I I never had a problem in my day-to-day interactions being gay in Louisiana, but on a whole— Knowing that you're not a full person is something that I just, I'm just i not okay with living right. there. And I would love to. I love Louisiana. Right. I'm, I love it. But. Now,
1: one of the other things on the back of this, you do a tour. Now, this tour started well before you ever did the Kickstarter program right. was the Dykes of Hazard. Yes. And so just explain roughly a little bit about what that is and how long it's been going. And
4: It started about seven years ago, and it started with a, a Toronto comic, Linda Ellis. Yes. And a Texan comic, Slim Bloodworth. Yep. And uh, it was the three of us, and I thought, okay, I'm a little half-breed, and there we got some Canadian. We, and that was exactly, it was my life. Right, right, like, right. What, what do right. we build? And growing she was up, American,
1: Linda's Canadian. Exactly, right, I'm so a little bit right. of both.
4: I'd lived here, I'd lived in the sure, South. Yeah. I'd live, um, and the uh, the idea was, growing up in Louisiana, I didn't have any entertainment to watch. Right. Like at gay bars, it was drag shows, and that was it. It was just drag shows. Sure. And But if you can do a drag show, you can go co- do a comedy show. Right. You need one microphone. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I just targeted small-town gay bars. I was like, let's just try this through. Right. Charge five, eight bucks at the door. Yep. Get them in and do it. So the, one th- in-
1: the one thing about the gay community is like it's almost like Quebec. They do support their own arts right. and their own shows, right? And, and that's you know obviously a good thing. It's like- and they
2: love lip syncing too. Why is, was there a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. comedy lip syncing? <laughs> I just see no. drag shows are all lip syncing. Here's my Margaret show. Oh yeah. no, maybe this is some old j- tribute to Joan Rivers that she's going to lip sync some Joan Rivers acts. Right. Um, what uh, can I ask? You, why do why do uh, dykes march and gays have a parade? I've never got a great answer for that. I, I don't, don't think but, that
4: needs an answer. No, I mean, look. Do, do I look like I belong in a parade? No, I look like I should be marching.
2: Okay. It's not okay, really. That's a just, good answer. Just, just <laughs> look at how I walk. I know, but <laughs> I just thought overall, it just seemed like there was a... Because there's something angry or military-driven yes, yes, about a well, march though, as a right. to, like, you have something to prove, right. and then with a parade, it's just like, hello, parade, no, and I, then that's, it's just more fun, a parade, a march. No one wants to march.
4: I think it. I think it goes back to, I mean, I hate saying it, but the boy-girl thing, like historically the lesbians are we're the nesters we're gonna take care of stuff boys are gonna go party so we kind of take it on our own right. to be like we'll be serious about this guys you guys go BJ in the bathroom whatever you're gonna do right they do that
2: I don't know if you've I've, I've heard yeah
4: yeah surprised like I'm yeah. missing out yeah. I just want to make out well, I don't know I
2: could have <laughs> I am missing out but I just uh um, who was Larry Craig he was the uh, the senator who did the foot tapping thing yes, the, uh, yes. Uh, what the uh, now uh, fuck, I, where I was going with that. when did you know that you were uh when when that you were a, a, a lesbian?
4: Uh, when did i like oh, when know, did you realize it
1: high school
2: yeah high school yeah yeah um okay. I was
4: i mean I had a crush on a boy when I was nine he was handsome. and were you in
1: toronto for high school
4: no I was in uh i was in shreveport for high okay school. So I moved okay. to shreveport when I was ten okay so I went you know buffalo formative years and then down south for a little bit and then college here and down there and um, but high school is when I had my first girlfriend. Yeah. And I thought I wasn't gay, it was just her. Right. I'm not gay gay's bad. And it was nineteen ninety four in Shreveport, Louisiana, so sure. it was extra dirty. Yeah, yeah. Um and uh and then so I went tried a boy after, didn't stick. Yeah. And uh that was it. Because really?
2: I've heard people say, oh, I knew when I was, like, six, or I knew when I was... I'm like, really? I mean... But how much sexual awareness do you have I to know I picked that? out
4: a Chip's motorcycle instead of a Barbie Big Wheel. So, yeah. I mean, there's that. Right. Does that mean that I consciously knew? No, but I wanted to be Poncherello. <laughs> like, that's...
1: Right, yeah. So,
4: I... I don't know what what that qualifies, but I didn't put my face in a vagina till I was sixteen.
2: Oh, okay, but you didn't go out looking for Erica Estrada in a woman. No, 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 no,
4: no, no. Very Caucasian first girlfriend. <laughs> no, I do that. Definitely. Now, what does that
2: say about me? So how long? <laughs> were you... a, you've said a lot about
4: you today that I, I don't even think you know. I should, yeah, I don't want when to. When did you
1: start? How long have you been a comic now? Uh, 12, Twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah. And when did you start thinking to yourself because you have uh, you've opened a club in Buffalo? Yes. Um, Helium Comedy Club. Now, let's step back even before you started 12 years ago. I've been doing comedy for like 21, 22 years. Mm -hmm. What has been the problem with Buffalo being able to sustain – a comedy club. Is it purely economics? Because for many years it was seemed like there wasn't really a club there and then a club kind of closed and it well, opened you know, and you know what is,
4: is it just economics? Um, I think it's a little bit of ec- economics. I think that that how often can you have a club survive if there's no scene around it? Right. Like how long can that su- survive? So sure. I took the opposite approach. I started with an open mic.
1: No, I know you did. Started, yes. Right. Yes. But
4: like, you know, Comics Cafe was around for 22 years. I know it was. Yeah. You know? I mean that's that's a pretty decent run. Yes. Um and that didn't close for economic Reasons at all. That was a personal reason oh, okay. of the owner. He was just he had some bad shit go down, and he just got the. Well, twenty two
1: years is a long time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah,
4: and he got out, and nobody picked it up. And then the the people who did open up a club opened up a Wits End, and uh, they wouldn't listen. They were guys who ran bars, right? And I went in, and I was like, hey, you know, I have a little bit of knowledge about this, and and you know, when they'd have empty nights, they just separate the tables, right? You
1: know right. what I mean? Yeah, they wouldn't yeah. pay for
4: the house. They they just they just spread yeah. them out, yeah. and just everything you do wrong in a comedy room, right? And so then that failed. Um, but these helium guys know what they're doing. I mean, they've got they've got a few clubs, and mm-hmm. and uh, I just um, it took them about a year to talk them to come to Buffalo, and they did. And right, you know, and nice and hands. the
1: club is doing very well. The club's doing very well. You know, you've got some bankable names coming in, and a good mix of locals, I'm sure, because yep. like I said, I've I've done your open mic, and there was some some good talent there. Now now that you've kind of seen the other side of it, <laughs> many comics <laughs> don't. You know, you can sit there and we can all bitch and and complain in the car about this, this, and this. What is the one thing that's probably been your biggest eye-opener now you're on the other side that you probably didn't think when you were just a comic?
4: Uh, I'm just not a bottom-line person is right. what I've learned about myself. Right. And, and I think that you forget, like, we all want it to be about the art, and we all want it to always be about the art, but the real world doesn't exist like that. Sure. And so I think for me that was it. I mean, honestly, um, I'm— it, it felt like running a club was—I was done with my career, and I'm not sure it's even started yet. Right. And as a performer, and yeah. so there was something that—and at the time when when I put all this forward, I was engaged, I was about to be married. There was all this stuff that made sense for me to First, have this and stability. to stay close
1: to one place. Absolutely, and, yeah, all of it. And yes. then when
4: that went away, and now I changes.
1: Have, and now I've got this club, and I'm like, I would really rather be telling jokes again. Right. Right. You and know? living life, and yeah. Um, but in terms of the politics of just comedy, right? Like everyone wants to open up their own club so they can help book the comics that they want to book. But you know what? Sometimes the comics you want to book aren't appropriate for the comedy club that you're opening and the place you are and all of that. So there had to be a little bit of that play into it as well.
4: There was that. I mean, you know, there's a, Helium's a big team, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. they've, they've got a booker, they've got, you know, the owner's very hands-on, they're, they're talking. I get a lot of input and stuff and they say, how do you, my, my role was market knowledge and how do we keep a, a club successful in Buffalo. And, right. And since I'd done the time, that's, yeah. that was what I brought to the table. Right. And and at this point, it's kind of like I do street team, I do marketing, I'm teaching some classes there, but yeah. they're going to run it. Right. And I'm going to uh, go with the jokes. Right. Yeah. But it's, um, I think it's just all of it. I just, I, don't, I just don't think creatives should know all the time. I just think you should, you know, the creative types just stick to what you do and do it well and. Sure. Let somebody else count the pennies. Sure.
1: And, and has there been a big, have you felt, now that this club's been open, what, it's been a year now?
4: Uh, it'll be a year in December. Right. So
1: it's been a year. You've seen all four seasons. What's the comedy scene in Buffalo like now post that club opening? Um,
4: I can tell you that for someone who ran the open mic in Buffalo for years and years yeah. and years, um, I see new faces. I probably see 10 new comics every week at our open mic. Right. At, every week. Again, so your
1: open mic is because it's still running, right?
4: Well, I handed mine off.
1: Oh, you did? So I'm
4: running the Helium open mic. Oh, okay. So I actually handed Nietzsche's off to somebody else.
1: Is Nietzsche still running?
4: Nietzsche's is still running. Okay, all right. That was part of my agreement with the club was that I didn't want to... I felt like as the GM, if you... My role is to produce a good comedy yeah, club yeah, and a yeah, good scene. Sure. And yeah. you need other viable stages. And yeah.
1: And other people running those rooms. Exactly. Too. Right.
4: Exactly. So um we actually kinda of moved it around. My buddy had ran he ran a Wednesday night and he moved his to Sundays and I handed mine to somebody else. It was a it was a big scene effort for all of us who ran rooms to kind of shift things around. Right. To help the scene grow as yep. a whole, which was kind of nice. Yeah, for but,
2: sure. Has there been any point where you sort of have uh, been of a comedy club owner sympathizer where you're just sort of like, Oh now I can see how Absolutely. some how comedians can be assholes and like, oh, Absolutely. man. Because, I mean, it's it's weird. It's not until you're on the other side um, that you're sort of like, oh, well, now I guess I can see what they're complaining about. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe we are too self-indulgent. week. comics can be assholes. As much as anyone in any profession can be an asshole. But uh, have you seen that?
4: I, I've seen it, and, and it's been a great learning experience. Because I started in Buffalo—well, not started, but I ended up in Buffalo, and I had this idea to build this thing in Buffalo— I've always been forced to be a producer as well, so I have right. a little bit of that in my head. Yeah, to plus begin you also you did all
1: the tours. You were the did producer the tours, Dykes, right? And exactly. Hazard booked it.
4: Yeah. Did the marketing. All yeah. the stuff that that is the hard grinding work. Um, but there are definitely times where something happens at the club, and I'm like, oh, that's why you care about that,
2: right? Yeah, you yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like,
4: oh, that makes sense because somebody's going to want 15 comp tickets at the last minute when they show up, and of course, you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's sold out. I get it, right? Um, so I try to I try to walk a really fine line of hearing both sides and.
2: That what was what's what's the Buffalo pride like? I mean, you just figure that like a lot of comics, if they're from somewhere else, they'll come in, and there's like the hacky things that they can say about Buffalo. Uh, what would and and do does that drive other Buffalonians crazy or um, Buffaloers? It, it used to
4: Buffalonians. Yeah. It, uh it used to, but it you know the group that's there now that started when we started this open mic, guys are six or seven years in, and they're going to other clubs and. Last year when somebody said, do you guys even have a club there? They're like, no. And they're like, we have a Helium. Right. And Helium's one of the best clubs in the country, so fuck off. So there's definitely a a pride now that there Mm -hmm. wasn't before. And there's also something really cool about... We know we've been the butt of jokes. Yeah. But we also, you know, we buy houses for $60,000. We don't wait in traffic. We don't... Yeah, yeah, There's There's yeah. a lot of people in Buffalo who are just like, you know what? We're good, because the rest of you are fucking nuts.
2: Right, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> So
1: yeah. We're overextended motherfuckers, and when it comes time, you're going to be in trouble. We're not. Sure. Right,
4: exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, but there's definitely, um, it's definitely a blue-collar town. There's definitely... A lot of guys who started in bars. Mm-hmm. So you have guys now who started with rowdy crowds and now you're putting them in a club and it's a piece of cake. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've always felt that. Like if you've been a bar comic and you go in and people are sitting there politely, you're like, holy yeah,
1: oh, yeah, shit, sure. this
2: is easy. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. It, so, was a, it was one of the comics was on the last comic standing, Liza Schlesinger. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, I, I've only seen her on TV, but it's just, uh, I remember watching one of the last comic standing episodes and she came out to do a set and uh, she just it, you could just tell that she'd started in bars and shitty like one-nighters and open mics just the way that she sort of dealt with the crowd right? and was just like i'm talking to the entire room it's just it's just weird when you see that uh, that you could tell that a comic has those sort of chops, as opposed to someone who's just been brought up in clubs, where it's a like an, or, it's an organized thing of just mm-hmm. like there's the spotlight, here's the mic, and where are these you know, go these...
4: make your magic, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. But there's a, a fighting mentality when you can see it in some comics, and they can tell that they're veterans at this shit.
4: But then, and it's funny that those same comics who have those chops are least respected. Yeah, it, But, you know, if you're like, oh, you came up a bar comic. And, oh, yeah, and we all course. know why. It's because sure. there are generations of really shitty bar comics. Right. But yes. then there was the internet, and then you can produce your own
2: shows, yeah. and then you, you know. It was
1: like, you know, the Bill Burr rant from a year ago about the alternative comics wanting to go on first and not after the bar comics. Right, you know?
2: exactly. Yeah. But it, it's it's also that sort of part, of two of just where uh, if you came up in a generation where comedy was everywhere and uh, it all, all you needed was a little a bit of an open space and a, and a microphone, and you would put a show on there, yeah. you know, when the comedy boom, where everyone wanted to do comedy at one point, and so whether you wanted it to be at a noisy bar or not, if it was a, jo- kinda, a gig there, then...
1: I'm glad I started when I did, and there was a good 10, 12 years before the internet was part of anything, and it was just about doing jokes and getting material and getting sets in, and it wasn't about promotion as much as it is now. I'm glad I came up when I did, because I don't know if I won't i don't know if i'd still be doing comedy
2: do you have have you had comics that try to uh, get books at your club just because they have a huge twitter following oh have yeah because <laughs> yeah. yeah. that yeah, seems yeah. to be like a bit of a poison as far as like comics trying to create their own popularity which drives me fucking nuts that's that's the way of the the world yeah <laughs> i mean it really if if you can, if you can fill a room you can get a show
1: oh yeah of course I mean, that's yeah you know yeah. no matter
4: how you fill that room yeah
1: Hey, Screech fills rooms. I'm not going to watch yeah, it, man. Once, but you know, he fills rooms. You know.
2: Do you, are you ever tempted like that? Of just if 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 someone's going to be shit and you, you know that they're going to sell at your club for a couple nights. That let's book this guy because uh, we just got to make some money this weekend.
4: Uh, that is no longer my decision. So right. I and that's part of why it's no longer <laughs> yeah. my decision. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't. That's not. That's just not. I'm learning that that's just not how I'm hardwired. Right. You Cause, know. Because it's just not my.
2: Jim Norton did uh, yeah. New Year's Eve yep. at the yep. healing. We didn't even have
4: our liquor license yet.
2: That's amazing. That was
4: an amazing—yeah, and I was the GM then. That was, a, that was something. But it was a great night. Everybody had fun. Yeah.
2: But it's just like that's the sort of credibility that sometimes—because, uh, like, like, I listened to opening Anthony when Jim Norton said, oh, I'm going to be at Helium in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. It's a brand-new club. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, it's, there's, there's a guy that you don't really need to give a lot of credits to because he's already well-known enough to be, like, come, and, come to my show.
4: Yeah, no, Norton, Marin, everyone's saying good things. And it's funny because when you take a market the size of Buffalo and you have someone like Mark Marin going around taking pictures and tweeting things. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, even Visit Buffalo Niagara was like, can you let us know who's coming so we can make sure that we're following their Twitters and, like, all of that stuff. And I don't think, I think it's the first time, and I think that the next five years in Buffalo is going to be pretty incredible because I think people are just recognizing comedy as an industry. Like a brand new thing, like it's, it's well, you know, never... what's weird
1: for me for Buffalo and Toronto. Toronto is a little bit different, but for some reason, Toronto was never a stop on the kind of big American comic tours kind of thing. They never came to Toronto, and then JFL Forty, you know, came here and did some big shows or whatever and Louis C.K. and all that. And it's now kind of opened up, and there's mm-hmm. the comedy bar bringing in big names, but it seems like. They just, it stopped close to Buffalo but then kind of went back down, whereas now it is kind of plowing through, and you have guys like able to do Helium and the Comedy Bar. I mean, Ralphie Mays here in Hamilton in the end of September. I don't think Ralphie's been up here for probably five years. Yeah, oh, you know? more than
2: that because, well, there used to be a shit chain of comedy clubs called Comedy Wood, and uh, I mean, yeah. they, they had good intentions, but ago. they were just like— you know when you could just go into a room and you're just like this is just too big for comedy. Yes, yeah. like they had this massive, almost how many seats would you say that that one oh, way that, too big? It but like it was an old fabrics. It was like an old fabric store, and they would sell rugs and the shit there. So it was just this massive warehouse, and they just literally just threw a stage up at one far end and a bar at the other end. Big
4: giant ceilings. Yes. yes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And
2: no yeah, way yeah. to cut off the room and make it kind of intimate, but it was just it was just this massive space. It was just too big.
4: It's uh it's actually flowing from Buffalo all the way. I mean, there's a new funny bone that just opened up in Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there's kind of a cool. There's a kid in Binghamton who's doing doing a Binghamton comedy thing. Which yep. is, you know, yep. So there's a whole upstate New York kind of Rust Belt yes. comedy thing that's happening that's exciting. And Buffalo is one of those places where it's dirt cheap to live so you get yeah. a convergence of artists.
1: Yeah, if why you not? Can, you can fly anywhere from Buffalo. You can
4: fly anywhere from Buffalo, and your rent's two hundred fifty bucks. So how good does the tour have to be to pay your rent? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The hip, you, hip, you know, hip, yes.
2: Sadly, hipsters make a neighborhood sometimes. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's true. just these fucking beards, and they just start uh, throwing up their beards and bicycles. Exactly. So uh,
1: the Kickstarter program. How much money are we trying to raise? We're trying this... to get to ten five. Ten five.
4: We're at about fifteen hundred right now, but all the press is really starting this week. So starting. I didn't press okay. about. I didn't front about it. Too so
1: much. it's a dichotomy. The movie yep. at Kickstarter. Is there a website that if we you can... go to kristenbecker com, it's right there. It's right right there mm-hmm. okay and uh the dykes of hazard tour starts when uh we are going
4: to hit women's week in p-town october 16th through 20th and then uh if all of this goes accordingly we continue down south and okay and do our thing. so
1: all those dates are at your website yeah kristen yep. and uh a twitter handle
4: uh at becker comedy and dichotomy movie at dichotomy movie okay
1: yep. the twitter handles
4: okay well let, let us know well, when yeah. is the cutoff for the kickstarter next monday a week from today so we'll see what happens. Okay, the, uh, we're rolling the Let's dice. See how this week. The press works out for That's you.
1: That's right. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> and uh, you know, in a couple months, come back and let us know how it worked out. Absolutely. Do you, All do you, right, you start it. off Thanks.
2: the Dykes of Hazard show with the Waylon Jennings song?
4: You know, it's uh, we were actually so just the good old boys. I so have it. a I have a girl who we were looking about. She's working on writing our own.
2: Oh, like would it be would like, it be a parody of the Dukes of Hazzard song? I don't,
4: you know, we thought about it, and then she she kind of went League of Their Own, and she was like, "You know, it doesn't make sense." And I was like, "Well, whatever you come up with, we'll see what she comes up with." You know, I would
1: rather some original. Yeah.
2: I had another sexist question to ask, but I, we Ooh. won't bother. <laughs> Go so, ahead, Dave. You're you got right? one minute. Okay, all got. right. What is it about me, uh, <laughs> other than being, a, I know it's a general sexist thing, and I have to shake my head afterwards, but whenever I see a, a, like a, an attractive woman, my first thought, and I see them doing something, uh, that, uh, but why is it my first thought is always like, why aren't you stripping or taking your clothes off for money? Why is it? But it goes through my head for a second. It's just like I, I drove past a construction site the other day, and there was a very attractive woman who was holding one of those stop and right, slow signs, sure. and I drove past. And I was just thinking, wow, she's really very pretty. Why isn't she, why is she doing that? Yeah,
4: because she's making twenty dollars an hour with benefits. I, I doesn't, I know. doesn't have yeah. to suck a dick to We're get right. a good shift.
2: Well, she's. I said stripping, not sucking dicks, but well, I mean. No, I,
4: I said to get a good shift. Oh, okay, all
2: right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. maybe she heads. Maybe the dicks. But I anyway think ultimately
4: it says about you that you think women are meat.
2: I no, think I don't. I get yeah, yeah, my head yeah. shake afterwards, yeah, yeah, and say, know, but then I'm I, but I'm then not I was like, anything there. then I always say, oh, she probably wants to hold on to her soul and her self-respect, and that's not why. That's I'm why sure she's that's doing the
4: next it. thing that goes. to the head. next Here, thing. Why isn't she
1: somewhere I could think about fucking her? I, I, I before right. uh, before I read a lot into what the movie was, your dichotomy was about. I thought it was just about interviewing your exes at first, right? And then I looked in and I found out what it was all about: how they went to, to not be gay any longer. But when I first saw it, I'm like, oh my god, they did this movie about Dave Martin it'd be like the length of show of the documentary it has to be 28 hours long there'd be three world wars involved it'd be like oh man yeah it'd be
2: like the guy uh, who's, who's the guy that does the PBS documentaries was Ken, really, Burns. The, Ken Burns me, Ken Burns would be like that Burns, yeah. Zooming in and out exes. of black and white photographs oh, yeah
1: alright well thank you thank everyone you for go having to Kristenbecker.com.
2: I'm, I'm not an asshole I am a feminist come well, no, on alright sure. I can tell you yeah. can okay good
0: <laughs> don't clean that up it adds character This is Anything Goes.
2: Hey, this is Christopher Titus. You are listening to Anything Goes on XM Radio. And it it actually is radio and really not anything goes. But we get close.
0: There are some people who could bring world peace if they weren't so busy hating everyone. This is Anything Goes. All right, we are back from the break. This is Anything
2: Goes for the week of no, November? No, November. September. Wow. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking towards our little tour out west that we're doing already. Yes. Um, this is the week of September 18th, 2013. Uh, this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. And
1: uh, just before we continue, we want to make sure we get this name out there. The comic we were talking about that we both found very uh, sexy. Yes. And uh, we couldn't get her name. Uh, Chantal Marostica.
2: Is her name. Her and I, when yeah, out in Winnipeg. Her and I, kind she's of, really cool,
1: and I feel terrible. We couldn't remember her name, so I apologize to Chantel. Uh, if you uh, interested, look her up on uh, on the web.
2: Uh, she's very funny. She's very funny, and uh, I don't know. We we kind of exchanged some smiles back and forth. and We were kind of friendly with each other. No, she's yeah,
1: really nice. There was yeah. a brief
2: moment where I was like, oh, should I try to kiss this lesbian? <laughs>
1: there was a brief moment where I was like that.
2: I'll say, I also, I kind of had the same feeling when Kirsten was in here too. Yeah, but and thank God that didn't happen because I don't yeah. know how it would be. It's already awkward enough for me it yeah. be even more awkward. Yeah. Do you do you ever see that? Do you ever when you ever see like a really good looking, attractive person? Are you ever like we? I don't know. There was like a sexist sort of thing I had in my head. I mean, I shake it off very quickly because I realize what a uh, bastard sure. yeah. I am yeah. when I th- say that. At least like you that. admit it. Yeah, no, I'll, I, I, yeah. I admit my fault. Uh, I, uh, but then, but whenever I see a good-looking girl doing some like menial job, I'm like, oh man, why aren't there's you, a girl I was driving
1: on Ossington to go to the comedy bar, and there's this Amazon girl who just looked like, I mean, even, I don't know if she was a prostitute or not, but she just looked like she was walking sex. Right. This is like I the first time ever in my life I'm like whoa I just uh, as I drove by I'm just looking at her like honey whoa and she was just beaming sex it was the yeah. weirdest thing well and I realized man uh, I'm 42
2: I gotta stop this you just what you never you never stop no I'm seeing, saying I, I
1: feel like I'm, I'm becoming a dirty old man because right. she was obviously younger she's like 21 22
2: oh well I'm uh, not saying I
1: can't admire her but just my attitude of whoa well it's not cool like that.
2: you're hanging around a fucking public pool with a Cialis and a a pair uh, of sunglasses. How do you know? But you know. I hope not. Yeah. I don't know where you find the time to do that. Uh, I no gigs on the weekend, so being finding things on the internet to make you mad. Yeah, that's most of the time. Who? What was the CEO that says that told someone to fuck off? And
1: oh, yeah, this uh, I don't know if this internet's going to work, but there was a, a CEO of a uh, Postmates. Uh, I know the basic story. Uh, Someone, I guess, was complaining and the CEO had gotten an email and he had sent an email back to... um, He thought it was just staff, but I guess the girl was also on the letter and just said, well, someone just tell her to fuck off. Um, You know, and he says he was saying it in more of a joking way to his staff, like, well, someone just deal with this, but it actually said, tell her to fuck off. And the person... It was about got a copy of it. Right. And then posted that on Twitter, which he was then forced to apologize. But he felt like, you know, just enough is enough. And I guess, you know, the customer is always right to a point, I'm sure, you know, who knew what she was bitching or complaining about? I've been in situations where someone is just openly bitching and complaining about something. It's like, you know what, honey? You shouldn't be bitching this much about this. Or you see many videos on YouTube of someone going up at McDonald's. Motherfucker, I wanted this. Yeah. And it's like, calm down, you know? Like that famous video. Did you see the one where she... Um, uploaded it and she was at a Starbucks or something Oh, was
2: it the dun- was it the Dunkin, Dunkin Donuts? Donuts? Yeah.
1: Like that was ridiculous.
2: It was just and you know what the attitude of that chick that was that was yelling at the woman behind the yeah. counter. It's like the woman was in sort of like what she looked like she was in her 40s or something yeah. like that. She, that's, not, that's not the job that that woman in the forties no. ever wanted. I know. And, and this fucking cunt that was like yelling at her was like uh, twenty-one privileged cunt. Yeah, and it, it was just like, but and that se- working at Dunkin' Donuts seemed like the kind of job that that ch- woman, that chick yelling at her, should be doing. Yes. And it's, um, but when uh, it's, I don't know, it, it just makes me fucking infuriated. Just, uh, and also the fact that she was just like, I'm gonna put this on YouTube, oh. and uh, she regrets they, it. What, putting it on YouTube or, well, what, just could, but did anything happen to her? Well, yeah, just had because she was of... shamed severely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And she was like a PR person. Like, how fucking stupid are you?
2: Well, there's a lot of stupid people. Yeah, but, but how could anyone think that that is like, oh, I'm going to get her. I know. Well, what did she think was going to happen with that? Yeah. It's, it's like,
1: you know, when I posted my cancer video, some people went, Darren, I don't know if you really want that out there. It doesn't really betray you in the best light. I'm like, I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I can eat that shit sandwich, but this broad was just
2: brutal. Yeah. I went to uh I went to go see that movie uh, Elysium and they had uh they had two movie they had two previews right. uh, on beforehand and uh one was this Tom Hanks movie where he's the captain on the boat uh, that gets uh, attacked by Somali pirates. Oh, okay, and uh, and of course the movie started off with based on a true story. Oh, well. and then uh, I remember that argument we had a couple weeks ago about yes. how uh, if um... oh and then there was another movie that also said based on a true story. Right, um, and it was this the new Bill Murray movie where they're and George Clooney and Matt Damon where they're all going to Germany to rescue these uh, pieces of artwork and uh, you know uh, and treasures from the cultures that right. knew Hitler was trying to burn out and wipe. Yes. Out completely and uh, as I saw they based on a true story part I was like oh Darren's gonna get mad at this
1: I won't get mad at it as long as they try to stay as close to the truth as they can
2: right but it is a movie at the same time and they got to create they gotta gotta write some di- well they have to write dialogue between the Tom Hanks and the dialogue Somali- is
1: one thing you're not talking about adding a little scene I'm talking about veering completely off the road of what actually happened Dave you're you're taking what I say right. and applying it way too literally
2: okay how am I supposed to apply it
1: uh, apply it literally when it's 90% and people are saying it's 90% wrong, your Argo
2: argument, come on. Well, it's, it's, first of all, it's a movie. right? so it's sort of like, I mean, yeah, you're right. But people that get their history from movies. Yes. But I mean, that's like, but you know, you, you can... don't have
1: to, they don't have to, they can say based on a true story and be a hundred percent wrong. Okay. That's fine. I all have right. no problem with that. Yeah. But then it's like, you're not being a good filmmaker. In my opinion, if you're going to put based on a true story, it should be your job to be as close to remote. the truth as you can right. without fucking up the story. I know you want to have a romance. Adding a romance or whatever to it, fine. It's like, imagine if they did Titanic and the Titanic never sank, but there was a love story. It's like, don't fuck, come well, on. Well,
2: that's, yeah, that's an extreme. But...
1: Well, that's, but how much more but extreme can it, you get? It's, it's still, a movie. It's still based it's on a based true story. It's a true story. Yeah, but. The, the Titanic lives. It mean, that. Star,
2: you could say Star Wars was based on a true story. Sure was. Okay, this movie, it's about a guy. Okay, yeah. and, and a
1: woman who never shaved.
2: Uh, it's about a guy, and uh, then then I start making shit up. So as yeah. long as it's based on a guy, then sure. then we're then we're uh, yeah. well enough to start. We're making shit We're never going to have that. to agree
1: on this argument. Well, there's
2: no no room for agreeing, really. It's just it's 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 a movie. It's it's fiction. It's based on a true story, so they got to make some stuff up there. It's not like there was there was no one writing down the dialogue between Tom Hanks' character and the Somali pirate when they're trapped uh, sure. downstairs in the, sure in the in the, in the But in what the if they, the what if they what they said ship? based
1: on a true story and the real story was there was a ship, right, with 30 or 40 people on it right. that then overcame and had to fight the Somalian pirates, captured the Somalian pirates, okay? And uh then took that boat to shore and then they tried these Somalian pirates. That's what actually happened. Now, Okay. Right. Three really hot women. Oh. Okay?
2: You don't need to say any more.
1: And <laughs> I already like a this movie guy better. named Bosley.
2: Okay. Okay? Yeah.
1: We're on a sailboat. Right. And their next mission was to go and capture the Somalian pirates.
2: Oh, I thought they were, were going to board them, the ship. Okay.
1: Okay? To shore. Okay. And they said that was based on the true story.
2: Well, it's at least there's a Somali pirate in there. <laughs> it'd be funny if he was dressed up as jack sparrow or but something none like of that. the girls are actually angels right they're just women well i don't think they were i don't think they ever implied, they're just women yeah i don't think charlie's angels ever tried to say hey these are angels and right but uh see where it's fucked up already why well, no i'm not saying that it's not fucked up but right. i'm just saying that i'm just saying that you're gonna get based mad on at, a true story, it's right. based on a true story all those things yeah yeah uh, what uh, do you have anything uh, coming up? What's going on in the world of Darren Frost? You Other have shit than, to plug.
1: I know. I've already plugged it. I did it off the top. Um, not really much else going on. You know. It's. Uh, what are you getting? Any big plans for you
2: for the fall? Well, I'm, well. Uh, attached to our dates, we we're going yeah. out to uh, we're going out west. To I'm our fans
1: get... in Alberta, we're trying to find some venues in Alberta to do live tapings if anything goes. We
2: have to do a live taping or, we we're, have to. or we're going to have to do a pre-recorded show. And I don't like doing pre-recorded no, stuff. I want
1: to do a live show for the fans in Alberta.
2: I'm going to get to go out to Vancouver, which I haven't been to in, in ages. When was the last time you were in Vancouver? Oh, seven. A long time ago. You know what? It was the whenever that movie 1408 came out. I don't even know what that is. That was that movie with John Cusack where he's in the haunted hotel room. Oh, man. That's a long time ago. I know it is a long time ago. Shit. I remember that because they put me in the room 1408 just as that movie had Whoa. come out. Yeah, It freaked the shit out of me. Fuck. Enough.
1: On 9-11, I was... Okay. Um, <laughs> Something
2: told me not to go down to the towers that day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, what the news? That's October what told October
1: thirty first. We're gonna be at Halloween in Calgary. Did you know that? We're missing Halloween.
2: Oh well I can dress up as my half Trayvon, half George Zimmerman outfit can, that I wanted and fight to fight
1: yourself on stage. <laughs> As your closer. Yep, that will be... That's uh, nice.
2: Yeah, I'll make sure... if I, I won't heckle
1: to... you, will just throw Skittles at your feet, so you, you flip.
2: Yeah, and Trayvon tribute. Yeah. the uh, Yeah, I would. Uh...
1: November 31st to... Uh, sorry, October 31st to November 2nd, we are in Calgary, and on November 8th and 9th, we are in Edmonton doing our stand-up uh, shows at Yuck Yucks, both those, uh, those towns, and we're trying to find uh, two places to do Anything Goes Live. I think we can pull it off.
2: I think so. Well, we might do Kathleen... We might do uh, Kathleen's uh, room podcast, podcast. Yep. yeah. Oh, wait, you know what we should do? We should just make Kathleen's podcast uh, uh, an episode of Anything Goes. No, well, I thought then, we
1: already talked about that. Well,
2: I, we guess, talking about that, I yeah. guess we did talk about it, yeah. but and I got—I should have written it down. Yeah. Um.
1: I like how you just uh, acted like it was your idea. I, you know what we should do and something we've already talked about.
2: Okay, That's well, good. it was... It was based on a true idea. The, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get to go. Actually, when was the, last, what was the last comedy show that you went to go see? I'm going to see Joe Rogan this Thursday. Where? At the Sony Center. Oh wow. Yeah.
1: Who's opening for him? I is don't know.
2: I don't know. I know is he. I, I know he's doing a secret show somewhere else though. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh. If you're in the know, you probably know what secret show this is. Yeah. It's um yeah. It's at a place. And Ralphie
1: May's playing Hamilton Place at the end of the month, I don't, September. Well,
2: when did you become a big Ralphie May fan? No,
1: I just, I didn't really, I normally hear about these things, like, you know, comics coming into right. Hamilton and whatever, and I've been, you know, I, I follow Ralphie on Twitter and, uh, you know, not in touch with him or anything, but it was just kind of weird that it just kind of popped up today. I saw a poster for it.
2: Yeah, I don't know, I, there's a, a special that I marked on YouTube of Ralphie doing a show and I kind of wanted to, I wanted to bookmark it to watch it. I always, right. there's always people that I like to I would like to watch and then enjoy, but I don't, uh, but then sometimes there's comics that you just wish that, uh, you just know, remember them for what they are and shit.
1: So Thursday, Joe Rogan at the Sony Center.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it.
1: That's tribute. When's the last time you saw him live?
2: Um, oh, well, when actually, when he came to do that show at the Underground Comedy Club and last time the UFC was here and he did that show with the Iron Sheik, and it wasn't like an official show, but it right. was like Sam Tripley and Ari were here for it. Yep. And, uh, and then Joe Rogan did a set that night. Yep. Um, if you ever get a chance, you should watch that uh, TV show on FX of uh, Joe Rogan questions everything. <laughs> it's 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 pretty funny cuz he just he, he everything freaks the shit out of him on that show. He just goes wide-eyed at every it's like the last episode I did watch one about how we're all going to become uh, like virtual people and artificial intelligence and shit. Right. Every time a scientist said something he was like, "Whoa." It was almost he almost <laughs> wanted a parody of the show where the scientist uh, basically introduces a thermos to Joe right. and just Whoa. like, "It keeps things hot and it keeps things cold. Cool. How does it know?" And Joe Rogan, "What the fuck? How does it do it?" They're going to put me into a thermos, and we're going to figure this shit out. And It's, a, it's an interesting show. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's ready to be well, mocked, but I still enjoy Joe Rogan. Mocked.
1: Uh, please go to comedyhore.com for my uh, my dates, September 25th at the Drake, 26th Rose Theater in Brampton, uh, twenty seven to 28th Kitchener, Yuck Yucks, October 4th in North Bay, 5th in Sudbury, and October 10th in Winnipeg at the Gas Station Theater. All dates are with Kenny Robinson. And uh, also, we're doing class on October 6th in Sudbury, so if you're a stand-up comedian and you're interested, go to comedyhore.com.
2: And uh, by the time you hear this episode, you can uh, uh, download on iTunes. The last week's episode with uh, Christina Walkinshaw, who is still doing her Tinder dating just thing. She's on
1: Huffington Post now.
2: Oh, is she? What yeah. did she write? Some, what did she get picked up of? Uh, Huffington the, the, Post. So they're publishing her Tinder yeah, thing yeah, the they started time?
1: a date one today.
2: Oh, okay. So that's good for her.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So please I... follow her and go to her uh, Tinder dates. They are very, very funny.
2: And I think she actually went out with a guy and then she was kind of, it sounded like she was reluctant that she liked him. Right. Because then what do you do? We asked her that question of like, what's going to happen when you actually like a guy?
1: Also, if you're interested, please go to KristenBecker.com and you can find information about her Kickstarter program for her movie called Dichotomy, the movie and dates for her Dykes of Hazard tour. I want to say thank you to her. And also thank you to everyone at XM for letting us do this. And that's it. When, When did we start thanking XM? What?
2: Okay, all right. Yeah. But, okay, well, Max is going to thank a whole bunch of yeah, people right no, now, Yeah, no, but too. I
1: just wanted to say it my own words.
2: Okay, go
0: ahead.
1: That's it. bye New DVD, Emotional Terrorism. Go to my website. Goodbye.
0: That's it for this week. Anything Goes wants to thank Victoria for producing the show. And George Westerholm for the music used. Follow the hosts on Twitter, at Comedy Whore, at Dave Martin World. Download new episodes every week on iTunes. Join the Facebook group and follow the show on Twitter at Anything Goes Hot. Anything Goes helps you laugh, cry, and learn something. Come back next week. And until then, take it easy.
2: Everybody. Uh, we Woo-hoo! are in studio this week uh, with uh, Jane Stanton. Actually, as always, Darren Frost is by my side. Of course. Uh, we are coming to you from the Toronto studios uh, in uh, relatively downtown Toronto. Yep. Um, this week we have uh, Jane Stanton. And how are you, Jane? I'm
3: great.
2: Yeah? Actually, get a little bit closer to that microphone, is- baby. Oh, there, there. There, there we, there we okay, go. Okay, perfect. Like super. I'm We're all okay. cozy They're
4: now.
1: Um, it's been a few years since I've seen you. The last time was in Vancouver, I think uh, about two or three years ago might have been longer. It might have been five. I think it I was think five because I haven't been to Vancouver. I was at a debaters, but I haven't done a club there in a long time. So what is new with uh, Jane Stanton these days? This is your first trip out east, right? Uh, yeah. For comedy, I mean.
3: Uh, I came out uh, first year into comedy, played Spirits and Rivoli. So okay. not like a tour right. per se. And then I was here in 2010 when they had the back Not back in the day, it's 2013. Back in the day when they had Just for Laughs, Toronto, and Montreal. Oh, right, okay. And played Vaughn. Which was awesome.
2: Sure. You yeah. were in Vaughn, actually, just this past weekend. And how many times did the host, uh, I'll, I'll fuck it, I'll say his name, Manolis uh, Zantanos, how many times did he uh, I, screw up your name th- upon intro? I
3: honestly thought it was, he was joking. No? No. And he's <laughs> like, Stanton. I'm like, Stanton, Stanton, Stanton. Because we, we gave him a
2: rundown when we were sitting at the bar before the show. Stanton.
3: And then I'm like, it felt like it was like Meisner, that's like an acting technique. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, repeat, yeah, So I was like, Stanton, Stanton. And then at the <laughs> end of it, it was like 20 times, and then I went, Stanhope. And then he was like, Whoa! And he fucked it up. And then when I came on stage, I was like, yeah, "It's easy name." The girl's like, "Yeah," because he kept screwing it up. And I was just like, "Oh, super nice," but
2: yeah, um, I'm not. Like, but do you ever do you ever feel that need? I mean, how often does your name get screwed up? My name has
3: never to? been screwed up. Yeah, it's a
1: pretty you know it's the easy first name. First time.
3: Yeah. It's, that, Jane, uh, Like Lauren. Darren
1: Frost never gets fucked up. Ever. You know, Dave Martin doesn't always, get fucked up.
3: Always,
2: always. I, I have got my name oh, yeah? like, occasionally. Well, just the Martin and this, the pronouncing, pronouncing it Merton? a little bit. Dave Merton? That's happened a couple times. Martinez? Marti- well, not Martinez. <laughs> I know. Uh, a, a, a <laughs> I was z- just being A, a Z is always going to throw you off. I'm just like, ooh, <laughs> this is different. It's silent. But do you ever feel like... Because there's always that moment of like, ah, oh, should I fucking correct the guy?
3: I yelled it. You were there. Yeah, no, I yelled he it. Said I'm just it wrong. saying. and I went Stanton! Like, right. I don't care. But uh, anyways, uh, um, it's annoying, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> to a point. But,
2: but there's always that moment of like, ah, oh, should I bother correcting him or not, or just go on with the show? And
3: well, I did when I got. Yeah, out I know there, you did. But... but
1: so what are I don't your? Know. What are your? Uh, you've been here how long now? Out east Since Thursday. So oh, this is your first weekend. Yeah. Right. 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 Because you. I remember Dave telling me now you were on the Friday show but not the Thursday because yeah. of your flight. right? Yeah. And how long are you out here for in total?
3: To like the 28th or 29th.
1: Okay. That's the a Sunday. good run. Yeah. That's a good run. Yeah.
2: Now, uh, what uh, you're not making a big deal out of the your appearances at these clubs. Yeah. Now, why is that? There's a thing called social
1: media and Facebook. I, I don't, don't know if you know do. about I these do things. I do do
3: Facebook. You do know what I don't do is Twitter. I hate Twitter. Maybe I'm the worst. I'm realizing well, right now. Talking to you guys. I'm sure I'm there
1: like, was cavemen that hated fire, but they had to get into it. I, guess. I don't think
2: any caveman hated fire. Analogy. Is I think that? so. I I'm think so. I'm gonna compare
3: what you know. It's gonna keep you warm, so you don't yes. get frostbite. Yes. To Twitter. Jane. Yes. You're gonna die soon. You're gonna
1: die very soon <sighs> in this social media world.
3: Um, I get more followers the less I tweet. You're welcome for that. Yes. Everyone else is like, I lost a follower. I'm like, I gained some.
1: Yeah, I don't tweet a lot. I don't tweet a lot. I tweet, you know, little spurts of like five or six in a row, and then I wait a couple weeks, and then five or six. It's just like I don't do it every day. You
3: want them wanting more, right? Well, it's just,
1: to me, it's like unless it's really, really, really funny, I just don't want to put it out there. See?
3: Thank you. That's what I do all the time. But see,
2: people almost use Twitter now as like a blabbing sort of. uh, They just sort of blab on it all the time. It's a diary to me. Yeah. A
3: lot of people, and a lot of people I don't want to know. Right. About like their boring stuff. Sure. Go be a good parent. How about that? Like <sighs> yes. you just yeah. Put
1: the your phone care. down. I yeah. don't care. I yeah. do not. Well, I don't... But, Like
3: and it shouldn't be just oh, you're a comic. You should tweet because I think that's just stupid because some people feel that way as well. Um, but just I guess if you have something to say, cool. But like, Brianna just does like sexy shots. There's nothing wrong with that. She's fucking hot. Sure. But like it's almost I don't know. Maybe I'm going to start well, I, I, I
2: wouldn't Fuck I wouldn't it. count on Rihanna to have a lot of witty comments that she's throwing out <laughs> if it's not if, if they're not. she blew
1: my mind
3: the if, other night. If they're not
2: semi sort of uh I know, think t- titty are, shots on from Rihanna's they uh, Twitter totally feed. Are up. All I and think then,
1: Rihanna's getting more tweets to her like duck. Yeah. Or Bob to the left. Yeah. Right. And or, I, I, Chris I, I, Brown's wrong. coming, you know. I'm,
2: and you know what? I don't know how often have you actually tweeted someone back saying you should be a better parent. I
3: didn't know how to do anything. So yeah. like I then looked at connect and people were like, oh, my God, say something back. And I didn't realize there was a connection thing.
2: It'd be funny if you had a, if there was a, <laughs> if you read a tweet that was like a, my little my little boy just drowned in the bathtub. And then someone put a picture of it on Instagram before they called the police. That'd be hilarious, wouldn't it?
1: I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave, that'd be
3: great. I think that'd be funny. Yeah. I mean, not,
2: I mean, not in a, uh, a, a child-saving sort of way. You're like
3: the worst murderer in the world. You're just describing yeah. what you're going to yeah. do. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if someone did this, you guys? Yeah. Oh, how do you feel about it? Yeah. Yeah. I just,
2: now I just need a child to drown. Uh, one thing I noticed, so I, uh, I was uh, with you at the club on uh, Friday, and you do have a part in your act where you talk about your love for popping zits. And yes. uh, what is it? Uh, I know of, I've I've met other women that are have obsessions with this. And now, have you
1: seen the ones on YouTube where they like I squirt can't. like well, eight no, liters? That's when it's and like that's... the cauliflowers pop no. out their back. And yeah,
3: no, 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 no. Because then like someone says the smell. Oh, it's really And then bad. I'll start. Yeah. I start gagging. Yeah. I'm not good with like. I'm not good with like. I have Your a dog gag reflex. Up dog poo or like someone puking, um, but. If I'm pooling, that's a different story, Dave. Um, but <laughs> I zits, like if it's a nice one, like small, like, like yeah. you know, but like a f- golf ball or baseball, something yeah. like they are yeah. on there. Oh, yeah, And someone's like, Jane, you'll love this from my zit joke that I didn't know, and I was like, oh, it yeah. was fucking it's horrible. disgusting. But the, my joke, that's like I literally, because it, it was, and they had to check to see if it was cancer. Yeah. And I waited, and then like the week of, uh, my mom was like, Jane, it's getting bigger. And I'm like, so and then I was—it was, was that I popped it in the morning, and oh. I got in trouble. What? Because like, I needed it for a biopsy.
2: But did you? But do you do this? Like, uh, do you pop other people's zits? No, my friends do. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you are only, you're you're only self absorbed with your own. Right. Zits. I don't
3: want to. My boyfriend at the time, yes, I did
1: that. But my friend had like blackheads on her ass, and my other
3: friend. Oh Jesus!
2: That. Yeah, no, I don't. Th- that
1: takes her. a real friend. Yeah, <laughs> a real friend will not let a friend drink and drive and pop zits on their ass. That's
2: Black a real heads, friend.
1: Different because then it's like harder coming. Yes, out. yes, I know the
3: difference. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know yes. the difference. Yeah.
2: I don't. I could go. I could. It? I could go my whole life and not know if I have a blackhead on my zit. And never... I mean, uh, shit. I mean, you uh, don't a know what head... you're talking about no.
3: at all. because a just... blackhead is not on a zit. I know. A blackhead
2: is.
3: I could check if you have them on your like. It's mostly nose, but like mm-hmm. she a, It's uh, like it's a hard little tiny little worm going to come
2: out. Like right. Like an awesome zit. Yeah. That you would get shivers from. No, I was just just saying. Excitement. I could. I could go my whole life without knowing if I had a blackhead on my ass. And I'm just saying that the. But
3: you're gonna look tonight. I know. Well, I, I, like,
2: wow, I, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go out to a drugstore and buy a, a mirror specifically for that now. Yeah. I, well, I, I just say, well, my ass doesn't get a lot of camera time in the first place, <laughs> so let alone I'm not gonna be worried about. Oh my God, <laughs> I have a sit on it. You know, I'm not a I'm not a porn. Uh, oh, but person, you don't know, but, Dave. Uh, the future
1: of this show, we're gonna have mirrors and cameras. There's gonna be a lot of. Well, we on we that.
2: always complain about doing phone interviews. Why can't we start doing them on Skype? Is that possible? Uh, yeah, I guess we could. Well, then that would sort of lend yeah. itself better to doing interviews over the phone. Sure. Do you guys
3: ever do that? Talk to people on FaceTime? Do you ever do that? No. I don't either. Do
2: you? No. Um, you know what? There was a girlfriend that I had that, well, we, we broke up like two days later just because she asked me to set up FaceTime and I was just, a, I didn't feel like it. So, What is
1: FaceTime? I'm just assuming it's something on a computer or your phone? So on your
3: phone. Oh, okay. Like on your, do you have an iPhone? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, uh, you can phone them, but I'm like, I don't. A lot of times I'm lying in bed. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's yeah. like I'm sick. I'm lying in bed, <laughs> and I don't want to, you know, triple chin it and maybe zit cream or something. Yeah. No. But a lot of people do it. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, a I, I, lot you know, yeah.
2: I think you know what? I think if you're if you're overseas and you actually need to see someone there, or if, uh, if you're really big on making a kidnap video, then I'm sure that like FaceTime might be important. But, but I, I don't want to
1: do i like I have all my laptops. The last three have had a built-in, you know, camera. I've never done it with my kids. I've never done the whole. Hey, okay, sign up, and hey, hi, daddy, hi, daddy. You like, never done that. Never done that.
2: Uh, maybe if you went off to war or something like that, maybe. Then they'd want to see you. Yeah, like maybe that. If I
1: went to Iraq. Yeah.
2: Well, no, I'm just saying that that might be more of a. No, I mean, I'm just saying if you're in Vancouver, no one's going to be like, oh, I hope you're doing okay. Yeah. What's your room <laughs> like? And you
1: didn't but, go to Easton Hastings, did you? Yeah.
2: yeah. Yes. But I mean, if you're if you're overseas at war and everyone wants to, oh, what are your surroundings like? Right. I Oh, look, I'm here's my fucking tent. And do you watch The Walking Dead? Do you watch it?
3: Yes, I got into it. In September, and I would watch it with my roommate who is obsessed with it.
1: And And isn't it like just walking through that one area of Vancouver, really?
3: East Hastings. Yeah. District 9, yes. Yeah. It's like, absolutely. I'm the worst uh, aunt. I'm an aunt, and uh, I always, like, threaten. Threaten my niece, never do drugs. Right. I drove past there on purpose, and I was like, do not do drugs, look. And then there was a guy beating the fuck out of I Thought Another Guy right. and just everyone was standing there like a hundred people but sure. it was a chick yeah. and Ooh. she was like Jane I'm like that's what will happen
2: <laughs> <laughs> the chick knew you and just drove on by no oh no, your
1: niece
3: oh, your my
2: niece, niece was, was in, in the car, car. Oh, okay. but like I
1: slowed down Jane help me I'm not yeah. getting out of my car
3: <laughs> go fuck yourself fuck yeah. you no like the worst and she was nine you didn't she's... pay your dealer back <laughs> it's on you she's 14 right. but she was nine at the time Time. sure like too young for yeah. that but just because the drugs now aren't like when i was younger it was pot i guess everyone fucking says that but it was acid sure and there was the horror stories of people jumping out the fucking windows but no one i know did that in mushrooms but like now people are like that are in their 20s are, like i tried hair and i'm like there's no fucking go watch the basketball diaries or you yeah. know what i mean yeah, like there's no desire of me going i want to probably shit myself or, yeah. or go on something that's better than anything that's happening in my life let alone crack and all that shit.
2: Well, there has yet to be an artist that has come out and said, you know what, I wrote an amazing symphony after smoking some crack. There's, I mean, because the Beatles always say, "Oh, I took some acid, I took some mushrooms, and I wrote this song," or I smoked some pot. And they have like jazz musicians, country musicians. Actually, you know what? I'll cry myself. Jazz musicians are notorious. Notorious. With I know. I'm like, uh, I don't are... know about these days. You were,
3: like going symphony, Rube? I don't think Mozart did that.
2: Well, um, I don't know what drugs they had back then, but I know that uh, what was the Clint Eastwood movie about uh, Bird? Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie, Park, Charlie Parker. Charlie Parker. Yeah. No, well, Charlie Parker. Bird on a wire. That was Mel. Gibson. That was the Mel Gibson, oh, Goldie no, Hawn why- movie. No,
1: the bird. Bird. <laughs> bird. bird. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Bird. Right. Uh, that movie. He, Charlie Parker, notorious heroin addict. But he's, uh, he's the, he's the top of the chain when it comes mm. to. Uh, I don't know how
3: music. even people do stand up that are crazy on heroin or. Like that you heard of them. Of course, doing. I don't. Sure. I don't know how people like the whole
1: Mitch Hedberg thing, where yeah. people were talking, oh, he's on heroin, he's on stage. How can you possibly even I do don't... that? Like I don't even drink. I couldn't even do. I couldn't even have a couple of beers and go on stage. I don't know how comics do that.
3: I don't. I didn't drink and do stand-up for, like, the longest time because I was like, I didn't want to be that person that came off stage and someone was like, that was horrible. I'm like, I thought I killed. Or it was great right. and I don't remember. Like, I sure. never wanted that. Yeah. And there was one night that I got drunk and then someone phoned me and I went and it was, like, horrible. My like You went on stage? T- and oh, yeah. Loaded? Okay. And it was, like, it. afterwards I'm like, okay, never. Like, my tongue, I wasn't quick. and My tongue, everything was slow. And I was just like, Oh, that was gross.
2: It's like, a, cause a comic will always go on stage and go, Oh man, the crowd was shitty or the venue was shitty But then if you go on stage and you've had too much drink then you know, the last crutch, it's the, Well the last thing that we wanna we the last thing we wanna blame is ourselves. Usually, and when it's obvious I that would you went so, on stage... a lot
3: of people fucking do.
2: Oh, sh- what? Or,
3: no, not blame themselves, yeah. A lot of no, people but blame everything else.
2: If you have a shit show, you want to try to find some other reason than you to blame.
3: Oh, I blame myself. I'm really? Inside. Yeah. Have you ever I've smoked only, pot and go on stage? I, once, and I will never do that again. Why? What happened? Because I was just like... I mean, Darcy was laughing his head off at Darcy me. Darcy Michaels. But I was like, I get in my head if I smoke pot, so I'll just like stand there, and we're mm-hmm. having a conversation, but it's not... I just would like to be more... Yeah, me. I don't want to be thinking about other stuff than that. Well,
2: that's always the thing. It's sort of like if you have an amazing set after you've smoked pot, then you get under the impression that you have to smoke pot for you to be good again on stage. I but no, I'm, I'm just... If cause... you're an addict... Well, no, because okay. I had a I had an open mind. Oh, I don't go. I've I have I have two stories. Uh, first time I went on stage after smoking a joint, it went great. Yeah. And then the second time, uh, and third time I went on stage after smoking pot, I bombed horribly. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to do that again. Because so that I don't... too,
3: it's a fine line with pot too, right? Because you could be like, well, I had half a joint, and then oh, I had a full joint. And then you could just be like. I mean it's the same as drinking so i don't know what i'm talking about when someone's like i had 10 beers
2: well no but it's like i i ran an open mic once and there was like a comic from toronto um uh, he came to the open mic and then it was at a pot venue where they weren't serving alcohol and he was like uh he was like oh man i gotta have a beer before i go on stage i'm gonna go next door and have a beer and i was like dan i I was like you know unknown comic uh (laughs) you, you don't need to have a beer and so I forced him, and I said, Dan, you're not going to go to the bar. So, Shit, I did it again. Anyways.
3: You'd be the worst spy in the world. I yeah, would yeah, be yeah. like, <laughs> Thank God yeah. it's not World War II. I'll tell you who they are.
2: Yeah, I'd be a weapons dealer. I'd be go like. Go and kill them. I'd be like, uh, guys, let me adjust this wire that I'm wearing. It's what Jane the
3: Stanton. And right. Frost. We're like, fuck. Yeah.
2: You guys are listening into a van. Oh, he's blown his cover. And are oh, uh, the
3: worst. But he's
2: like, I, I said, don't. You don't need a beer to go on stage, and so I forced him to stay there. He went on. He had an all right set, and then afterwards he thanked me. And uh, but there's I know, a but ton of just...
3: people that yeah they do, and I I mean I've had a drink and stuff. I just try I really try not to because there is you know everyone's. I only fucking... know two
1: comics in this country, uh, twenty years of watching you know thousands of shows that can pull off three sorry three comics that can pull off being drunk. And and do well. And that doesn't even mean they do it every time. I've seen a lot of times them not even do yeah, well. for sure. Because they're too drunk. Yeah. But that is Mike Wilmot, Tom Stade, and Derek Edwards. They're the only three that I know. Now, I don't know a lot of Vancouver guys. I'm not really that I tied to it. On, I want
3: sure. right away. Sure, but like, there
1: oh. may be one or two that can do it. But for the most part, those are very small numbers. And those guys are seasoned drinkers. Oh, for sure. You know, so for them to be able to pull it off. on top of the season. Comics as as well, well, that's what I mean, of course. But I've seen a lot of seasoned comics trying, oh yeah, I can have a couple drinks and it's like, no, no you can't. Or I can smoke a joint, no, no you can't. That's why you're bombing, but you need that crutch, then, you know, I feel sad for them.
3: Yeah, because there's so many out of, you know, shitty shows that you're like, afterwards, what's the point of going like, oh, just get more fucked, or, like honestly, of all the shows, and I've only been in stand-up eight years, like one or two I was like, fuck, that was like not set up for a good fucking show mm-hmm. and this and this, like of that. And then I try to go, What could I have done? And then like the one was like, I don't fucking don't think I could have fucking right. done anything. I signed up for the fucking show. Sure. And all of that. But I try to really not blame my uh blame. The people there.
2: Well yeah, you you don't you know you don't want to blame them, but, but sometimes
3: comics fucking do.
2: Oh sure, sure, sure. So, well, like, I remember I, so
3: many people walk off and be like, they're shit. Oh, right. and then they go off on the audience too, and I'm like, they're right there. Like it's a night out. Yeah, yeah, sometimes people if someone's a dick in the front row and they're like, you know, talking sure. and they say something to you, then that's different. But
2: Okay now before we go, we can't we can't uh but I wanna want you to sort of give us some insight uh, everyone in Toronto always thinks that people from Vancouver hate us. Now, I, when I, I was in Vancouver, um, I talked to, like, one of the bartenders, and I said, uh, hey, is it true that, like, uh, everyone in Vancouver hates Toronto? And then the bartender was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I like Toronto. I, that's a, and so clear the air. What is, what is going on? <laughs> yes, you are you, the one person now you are to the one. set
3: this all straight. I'm pretty much the premier of BC and yes. the mayor of Vancouver. Um, most people do.
2: Why? Now, why is that? Because Cause Tor- ones, cause people from Toronto... Uh... I
3: like Toronto and I love Toronto because right. all my siblings are from, like, born in Toronto yeah. and my cousins and stuff live here, yeah. but most people hate the people that have moved to Vancouver, and it's those people that probably move here that are like, well, Toronto has this and Toronto has that. Well, you're not in fucking Toronto.
2: Right, yeah.
3: And Or they'll just say, oh, they think they're better than us, and I'm like, they of. <laughs> um, But of saying the uh, big thing is Vancouver, people say, I don't think we have it, is culture, which I think uh, Toronto does just because it's an older city.
2: Well, and it has, yeah. It
3: does have, you have more of a mixed bag here. Well, we're like,
2: older. We're more multicultural, definitely. Yeah. But I know that Toronto loves Vancouver. We're always like, oh, it's great there. We love it. But we always when it comes come back to culture, here.
1: most people Toronto and Vancouver, I would think, would be pretty equal. I think Montreal would probably trump both of them. hundred percent. European yeah. culture, yeah. But multicultural, no. In, in that terms, I think they're probably pretty even.
3: Most people hate from your hockey team. They just shit on your hockey team most of the time. Yeah. Well,
2: that's open. And then season.
3: they'll go well, the weather because the weather's there, there is cold. I don't right. like, but they're living in Vancouver, so I don't. Yeah, understand Vancouver that. it rains all the time. All the time. Yeah. Like. You want to kill yourself?
1: No, well, that's why in Seattle there it that's was the number one uh, you know place to kill yourself for many years. Of course,
2: because of the weather. Yeah. Did people fly to Seattle just to kill themselves? No, I'm saying oh, like okay. Seattle
1: was the town where it's like the number one for suicides.
2: And yeah.
3: Eng- in England is Eastbourne outside of uh, London. You know right. what? You
2: know I did a, I did the Urban Well once when I was in Vancouver, and then my opening line was uh, I just came to Vancouver, and uh, where's the most popular place to kill yourself? And nobody <laughs> gave me a good answer.
3: Because it, oh, I thought they were gonna like look at you because it's kits. The room I run is, like, three blocks away from the urban well. Yeah. And it's very, uh, it's kitsy. How can I explain it? It'd be the same, like, they're they're just, like, a lot of money, and they're awesome, but, like, make them laugh, and they're pretty. Oh, okay. And they're pretty. Oh,
2: well, I guess there's not a lot of suicide rate where that. No. Anyway, okay, no. well, Um what, uh, if people want to find you anywhere when you do have something that you are uh, giddy to promote, where can they find Jane Stanton?
3: At Not Jane Stanton on Stant- Twitter.
2: At not Jane Stanton on Twitter? Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Why is there... Why is... Why'd you choose that?
3: Jane Stanton was taken. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. So you
2: didn't want to be Jane Stanton, like... 69 or something no. or like some, <laughs>
3: what am I 17 69 in my no. eyes <laughs> um, and oh, thejane.stanton.com, but that's not on right now but it will be up
2: okay when it's up yeah. and running we will go there yeah alright and then on twitter dot jane, uh, jane stanton and uh jane stanton and what was the website again sorry uh
3: the jane the, stanton. the jane stanton
2: the, the. alright well thank yeah. you for coming to uh, uh, our little studio here in thank, thank you jane. thank you very much